This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, July 20th, 2011. I'm Caleb Brown. Basically, every proposal to restore the United States to sustainable federal budgets falls short, according to Cato Institute senior fellow Jagadish Gokhale. But some are better than others. The Gang of Six proposal for reducing federal deficits, he argues, provides some of the weakest constraints on spending. The Gang of Six plan uh, targets a reduction in cumulative uh, deficits over the next 10 years by about $4 trillion. Uh, but most of it uh, is supposed to be decided uh, not today, but in the future through expedited action in congressional committees. Today, they will schedule a reduction of only $500 billion dollars uh, Again, to be spread over the next 10 years, so the cuts won't happen right away. Uh, but those cuts are um, concentrated in Medicare. The Medicare Sustainable Growth Rate Formula that uh, is supposed to reduce physician payments um, every year uh, have been rejected or Those provisions have been repealed by Congress uh, over the last several years, meaning if they actually let the cuts go through next year, the cuts would have to be almost 30% in physician payments. That's something nobody can actually believe or contemplate. If it, if this were over 10 years, then we'd be talking about $50 billion dollars a year, roughly, um, probably smaller now, larger later. But... Um, they would then defer judgments about future spending cuts to the same process that has been unable to follow through on cuts that previous Congresses have imposed upon them. Right. So the law only provides some guidelines uh, as to how many dollars worth of cuts the various committees on agriculture or energy or education and so on and so forth would be uh, required to generate. Uh, they don't actually, those cuts are not written into law as hard and fast cuts that must happen. They are up to the discretion of the committees and deliberations that will occur in the future. So it's really not very different from so-called kicking the can down the road. Um, So really it's not, and the details about exactly how those procedures, uh, uh, what laws will or rules will govern those procedures, what the schedule is going to be for actually reporting on the cuts by the committees uh, is still unclear. So I presume this is all being negotiated as we speak, but the final outcome is still not in the bag. So per perception is reality. Uh, in Washington, that's true as much as it is, is, as it is in Hollywood. Um, as long as there is no budget constraint, which is what you, you talk about this a lot, as long as there is no rule over this line you shall not pass, um, it's very difficult for Congress to constrain itself. That's correct. We know that uh, government spending has escalated quite significantly over the last 10 years, and if you project that spending trajectory out into the future over the next 10 years, let's say, you see that the government spending as a share of GDP will ratchet up. 
the Congressional Budget Office projects uh, spending to be at 24% of GDP by the end of this decade, uh, whereas the historical norm has been for federal spending to be only about 20%, just under 20%, um, which means that if uh, our political leaders exhort us to use a balanced approach to fixing the shortfall, we may end up somewhere in the middle, between 20 and 24%. Suppose we ended up at 22%. That's still significantly higher than the historical norm uh, that we've seen so far. So we're basically saying, okay, we'll agree to a little bit of spending reductions, a little bit by way of tax increases, but those tax increases lock in a higher uh, spending level of the government. So it's not clear that... Uh, Historically speaking, taking a long-term historical view, uh, that balanced approach is the right thing to do. Now, admittedly, all of these proposals, especially the Simpson-Bowl proposal, even the Gang of Six proposal, is heavily um, uh, concentrated on spending reductions or more concentrated on spending reductions than revenue increases. But even a trillion dollars of additional revenue will lock us into a spending rate that's much higher than the historical norm. So if we are concerned about the level of government spending uh, as a share of GDP, we should be very, very concerned about proposals that include higher taxes. That's right. The alternative way which the House uh, Republicans that just passed the cut, cap, and balance uh, law, not law, I guess, yet, it's a, a bill, uh, the alternative way is to say, okay, what share of GDP uh, should be uh, accounted for by government spending? How large should the government be? And once you settle on that, and the historical norm seems as good a place to start as any, any, anywhere else, then you want to say, well, you want to pay for that in a balanced uh, budget manner. So if you want 20% of the economy to be accounted for by government, then you finance or set the tax system so it'll produce 20% of GDP as revenues every year. There may be some uh, exceptional circumstances that you may want to consider, but on average, those should be uh, under tremendously extenuating circumstances rather than frequently used measures that raise government revenues and spending beyond that mandated norm. Given what you know, and you've seen a lot of the proposals out there, uh, which ones work from an economic perspective? From, my per from an economic perspective, actually, all of the proposals that are out there seem to fall short of what's required. Consider simply that the entitlement shortfalls uh, viewed over the next 75 years um, have a fiscal gap of about $40 trillion, most of it being Medicare, a small part of it being Social Security. Let's just look at those two shortfalls uh, and therefore ignore all the shortfalls accruing on the government's general account uh, that have also increased in the past. But let's just look at Social Security and Medicare shortfalls over the next 75 years, which amount to roughly $40 trillion. Just the interest cost at a conservative interest rate uh, on those shortfalls 
would be on the order of 13 trillion dollars over the next 10 years so if today the shortfalls are 40 trillion by 2021 they will be 53 trillion dollars so if we have a budget deal of the order of $4 trillion over the next 10 years, most of it backloaded, meaning most of the cuts would be scheduled for later in the decade. By 2020, we'll have accrued higher interest costs of $13 trillion, but we would have reduced government uh, uh, deficits by only $4 trillion. So in fact, uh, the government's financial condition by the end of the decade may be worse than it is today because we did not uh, fix the accruing deficits by sufficient, uh, by su- a sufficient amount. Jagadish Gokhale is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute and author of Social Security, A Fresh Look at Policy Alternatives. You can get your copy at cato.org.